Galatians 4, 1 through 7. I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave. Though he is the owner of everything, but he is under guardians and mangers until the date set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved in the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we may receive adoptions as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Amen. Good morning, everyone. It's good to see all of you on the Sunday morning. It's good to see our children. It's good to see your faces. It's good to see some of your names as well. I see all your names there. And uh, I pray that the Lord is, is near to you this morning. I pray that the songs that we sang today, that the words that came out of our mouths today would bring conviction in your heart through the Holy Spirit that you are children of God. You belong to him. And in belonging to him, he is worthy of our worship, of our praise. He is worship. He's worthy of our thought life. He is worthy of, of every consideration for everything that we do in our lives. And I pray that the Lord is drawing you near to him. 2020 has been a strange year for many of us. It's been a, a year of adjustment more than anything else. But know that the Lord is sovereign even over this time. Take advantage of what God is opening up around you. People to love, uh, words to confess, um, things to change in your own personal lives as you seek to grow in your faith to him. COVID-19 is not a surprise to him at all. The current lifestyle here in the States and in the world is not a surprise to him at all. I praise God that we as a church can continue to meet. And by being stripped of every accoutrement that a church usually needs to think about, we can focus on what is essential to being a body of Christ. His word, his prayer, genuine fellowship with one another and genuine worship of him. We are here together to do that, to worship him who has loved us. Now today, we, we're looking at a different passage than we are, that we've been doing in the Gospel of Luke. And I chose this passage because I was thinking of, well, next week is our Christmas Sunday. How can I introduce Christmas Sunday to our congregation for them to understand the impact of what happened those many, many years ago when Jesus was born as a baby. We see around us sort of these, these plastic figures of Mary and Joseph, and we see these plastic figures of, of the baby Jesus. We see people celebrating a birth of a child. We see, as, as, um, as Paul was teaching us, we see Christmas lights everywhere and the festivities of the world, uh, enjoying this time of birth. But what does it mean? 
why is this time important to the Christian? Why is it important to the world? Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. We will hone in on this verse and see what it is that God has done in his mind and in history. It says this, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, verse 5, to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Now we're going to go through this verse section by section. And I hope to explain to you through scripture the importance of the coming of Christ. The beginning of verse 4 starts with this apt phrase. But when the fullness of time had come. When the fullness of time had come. I want you to think about that verse. What does it mean that time has reached its fullness, or that time has become filled. Now, this phrase, the fullness of time, is a phrase that Paul likes to use throughout his scriptures or throughout his writings. And he wants to impress upon the people that he's writing that the coming of Jesus it's not some haphazard event in history. It wasn't as if God was saying to himself one day, oh, I think it's time to send Jesus. Oh, I think it's, our, it's time to sort of change our minds and do something else to, to help these people on earth who are living in their sins. God is not a God who haphazardly or whimsically decides to do things. But God is a God who has planned things carefully. And God is a God in his planning things carefully, was waiting for that time to become full in order to send his son, Jesus Christ. Now, we might call this not simply the fullness time, but we might call this at the right time or the apt time to send Jesus. We see in Proverbs when it says an apt answer will turn away someone's wrath. The, the wisdom of knowing when to say something, how to say something at the right time in order to turn away someone's anger. Well, this point here is not simply at the right time alone, but God was waiting for history, his plan to come to its fullness before he revealed his son, Jesus. And this history in time is simply all of the Old Testament all of the promises 
of the law, all of the promises of the covenant. God had given to the Israelite people in order for them to, to start being educated so that when the Messiah would come, by God's grace, hopefully, they would recognize him. They will recognize that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, a simple analogy is this. Perhaps you want your child one day to read, let's pick a book that I enjoyed, War and Peace by Tolstoy. And you're saying, War and Peace by Tolstoy, that's a tough read. That's a tough read. If I give that book to my children now, they will look at it and have no understanding of that book. They're children. But what do we have to do? We have to teach them basic principles before they can reach that point. So what do we do? We teach them the alphabet. We teach them words. We teach them how these words sort of... Um, uh, correspond to things in reality. We introduce them to other literature and how stories work. We introduce them to, to Russian history. We introduce them to um, the, the World War II and what happened in World War II. We introduce them to what it means to, to have joy, what it means to have sadness. We teach them the appropriate responses to, to, um, to, to family life and the strife of family life. And they might get all of this and they're like, I'm starting to learn. And then when they're ready, when they're set, when they have all these tools, when they have all these concepts in their head, you give them the book and then they're able to enjoy it. You see, God did not send Jesus right after the fall of Adam. Because if he did so, it would be like giving them a book that they could not understand. And in fact, if that happened, most likely all of us would have been doomed. Because if Adam's progeny could not understand, and they pass away without understanding, then the gospel in Christ would have been wasted. But God in his infinite patience over the years sent first Noah. Then he sent Abraham for them to understand that God's promises will be with them. And he sent Moses for them to understand what sacrifice looked like. Then he sent King David for them to understand what rulership should look like. Then he sent all the prophets for them to, to show them that they've all failed, that the kings have failed, that the sons of Moses, the priesthood has failed. 
and that even false prophets had arisen around them. Slowly teaching the people until the fullness of time where the people of Israel were ready to receive Jesus himself. He sent him at the right moment, at the right time, at the fullness of time. That the people would understand who he is. This is absolutely beautiful. At the fullness of time, God sent his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoption as son. He sent his son, Jesus, in the fullness of time. And there's two sort of conditions of his birth. One is he was born a human. A woman, from, from, from the womb of a woman, from Mary herself. The second condition was that he was born a Jew. Born under the law. Now you might look at this and say, these are just simple descriptions of who God is. These are sort of throwaway descriptions of, of who Jesus is. These are not throwaway descriptions of Jesus. These are two very important theological explanations of the fullness of time of what he wanted, Paul wanted, Jesus wanted, God wanted us to understand about his birth. One, Jesus is a human being, fully human, born of a woman. That Jesus was not sort of some angel that was sort of dropped into this world. That Jesus wasn't sort of half human, half God. Like, like Hercules, who, who was half human and, and, and half God, who, who roamed this earth. But that Jesus was born of a woman, fully human, fully under the confines of temptation, fully able to understand the condition that all of us are born under. The second most important thing was that he was born under the law. Meaning that, that he was part of the promises of God in the Old Testament. He was a Jew. He was a son of Abraham. He was born and raised under the Mosaic law. He went to temple and he offered sacrifices with his family. He understood all that encompassed what God was doing before the fullness of of time. And he understood that being born under the law meant that he too was subjugated to those laws and to those expectations of following those laws. Without the Old Testament, without God's infinite patience through all these generations. None of us would ever have understood the birth of Jesus. None of us. 
we would have made the birth of Jesus like we see in the world into our own image. The light would simply mean light. The trees would simply be things that we put up, which they are for many of us in this world. Christmas would again be sort of a winter festival and nothing more. The birth of Jesus would have just been a birth of some person. But no one would ever be able to understand the purpose of his birth. Who he is and what he's done. But it was in this fullness of time, this perfect time, that he was born a human being. That he was born under the law that he may fulfill the law. Now, Paul skips a couple of steps here because his argument in Galatians chapter 4, 1 through 7 is a little bit different, but let me sort of fill in the gaps before we, 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 we come to this part. We know that in the birth of Jesus, in this perfect timing, that he lived the perfect life as a human being like you and I. That he subjugated to the law, the Mosaic law. And that he himself, in God's eyes, was found non guilty, actually innocent. That he had fulfilled all righteousness by, by obeying the law of God. And that in his death, he, he took away, he, in his death, he, he sacrificed his perfect life in order to give that perfect life to you and I. And he has moved us from the lineage of Adam and the lineage of death to the lineage of Jesus, the second Adam, and the lineage of life. Our books have been written from the book of death under the guise of Adam's to the book of life under the guise of the second Adam, Jesus himself we've been justified by faith we've been redeemed through faith as well but in verse 5 Paul tells us something very special about this perfect timing you see the analogy here was that when we lived by the law when God's people lived by the law they were like children who did not know anything all they knew was that god of that the god was the creator that god was a redeemer all they knew was the covenants of the old testament but they did not know exactly what these covenants were supposed to teach them in the end it was taught that it was jesus who was to come but even more than that is what jesus accomplished for them jesus enabled them to become sons of God, adopted into the family of God, by, by through whom, by the Spirit, we are able to cry, Abba, Father. That we are no longer slaves or children to the law, but we are now children in the household of God, given the full access to the Lord himself. Now, you might look at this and say, 
when you cry, Abba, Father, isn't that a, a, a simple child? It's a simple child in the sense of, it's it's not a simple child in, 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 in this passage because the Abba, Father here relates to the fact that we recognize God as a full adult with inheritance, that our Father in heaven is actually near to us and loving to us, showing us the fullness of our inheritance, of our identity in God himself. The fullness of time. In Jesus Christ, we have in we have been gifted everlasting life through him. I want you to think about that. God is a God of sovereignty. And God is a God of wisdom. And God will do things at the right time for his glory. In world history, did I say in cosmic history, he sent Jesus at just the right time. Not a day sooner, not a day later. For his sons and daughters to be revealed. God does the same for his people, too. If there's anything that we can take out of this just personally, is that if God is so sovereign to send his son Jesus as just the right act time, does he not do that for us as well as God's people? There is no wrong timing in our lives as God's people. There is no bad timing in our lives as God's people. But God reveals himself to us according to his sovereign plan in each and every one of our lives. The ups and the downs, the challenges and the blessings. We accept all of them. For we know that God is sovereign. And we're able to. Because Jesus did the same thing. Jesus in his life. Accepted God's sovereign plan. He had many, many down moments. Being born a human being was probably not the highlight of his career as the son of God. Walking amongst us and having to sacrifice his deity. And of course, dying on that cross. Those are down moments. But Jesus received all of them, knowing God's wisdom, sovereignty, that in the fullness of time, he would resurrect. And in the fullness of time, he would return. And so you and I, let us hold fast to Jesus and let us hold fast to the sovereign plan of God that whatever may come in our path, know that we are his children and that he will never throw us away. 
that we will look at the, 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 the difficult times in our lives as opportunities to give him praise, that we will look at the blessing times at, in our lives as an opportunity to hold even tighter to him and not be swayed by the good things that he gives, but be only tied to the giver who gives all those good things. So we celebrate next week. We remember the perfect timing of God. May you be in awe of him and his perfect plan for the church and his perfect plan for us. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that in the fullness of time that you sent your son, Jesus, not a day sooner, not a day later, exactly as you intended, that the sons of God, the daughters of God may be revealed. That the people of Israel may see Jesus and understand who he is and what he has done by fulfilling all of fulfilling the law, the Old Testament, by coming to preach good news to all, both Jew and Gentile. And that through Lord, the apostles and the prophets, that we too, Generations, generations later, we come to worship you as well. Perfect timing. You saved us, Lord God, not according to our own wisdom, not according to our own timing, but your timing, oh Lord God. You saved us at exactly the right time that we may serve you, Lord, for the rest of our lives, Lord God. That all of our experiences before we knew you to this to who we are now, to who we were going to be, all of that has been given to us, that we may in some way reflect the gospel in its diverse forms, Lord, to one another and to this world that needs to hear that Jesus is alive. So, Lord, we not only embrace Jesus, the unique Son of God, and what he has done. We embrace, Lord, what you have done for us, how you have made us. We embrace our brothers and sisters and what you have done for them and how you have made them as well, Lord. And we embrace the church as a whole, knowing that it takes all of us together, worship you at whole, to really reflect the fullness of what Jesus has redeemed, his church, his people. So, Lord God, as we celebrate you, Lord, give us, Lord, um, peace in our hearts. That whatever may come our way, that you and your timing, your love for us is perfect. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.